Hey everybody, it's Father Edward Looney from How They Love Mary. And if you are looking for a great gift for confirmation or First Communion, might I recommend to you Sock Religious? I know someone that recently got confirmed. They chose St. Joseph as their confirmation saint. And I bought them a pair of St. Joseph socks from Sock Religious. They make the perfect gift. They are a fun gift and a gift that they will wear and hopefully they'll wear them to church. If you want more information about Sock Religious, Find the link in the show notes and help to support the show, How They Love Mary. Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. Today on How They Love Mary, I'm very happy to be speaking with Sam Fatzinger. She has been married for 32 years. She has 14 children, and her husband and her co-authored a book called A Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More, Advice from a Debt-Free Family of 16. So welcome to How They Love Mary, Sam Fatzinger. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Well, it's great to be able to talk with you. And, you know, I love the subtitle of your book, uh, Advice from a Debt-Free Family of 16. And I'm sure that when it comes to debt as a family with that many, 14 children, two parents, mother and father, that uh, you have a lot of advice that you can offer people. So maybe the first question, this is just more of my own curiosity, 14 children, you know, there was that movie Cheaper by the Dozen and, and whatever. And so so you have 14. When you enter someplace with all of the children, maybe going to church, going to the store, to he- do heads turn as your family walks in? Yes, although we don't take them all <laughs> everywhere except for church. Um, maybe once a year we'll go out to dinner. I am actually have older children, so we are expecting our eighth grandchild. So we only have six living at home right now, which is just so hard for us right now because three moved out within a year, and we still don't know how to cook for a small crowd. So (laughs) we are still adjusting. The kids are like, this is so lame. There's nobody even at our table. Why do we even have dinner? They miss their big siblings as much as I do. And uh, so, yes, our, our, our parish and our town all knows us now so we don't turn too many heads a lot of people be like oh that's the lady with all the kids or the grocery clerk will say when i'm pushing a grocery cart full of meat and people are like wow are you having a picnic today and the and the grocer will be like no that lady has 14 kids (laughs) and she she knows she knows how to budget she freezes all that Well, that's great. And uh, maybe a few more practical questions just simply from this large family mentality is, you know, what kind of vehicle did you drive to be able to take all 14 different places? So we still have a 15 passenger van. And it has, you know, we went, we have always had, uh, I think this is our third 15 passenger we had. A nine-seater suburban. We've had two suburbans, so we've always just dropped. I, one time we had a, a prison truck that's, <laughs> that that we bought for sale from a prison, <laughs> and everyone would laugh at us because it had numbers painted on the the outside of the van roof in bright yellow, so that if there was ever a prison break, they could find us. So we we always laughed that we couldn't get away far because the helicopter to find us with, you know, 4132 on the top of our car. But we have, uh, we love our big van, even now that I only have six at home, and one of those at home is driving. So I use it for carpool or for camps or for, you, you name it, we kind of all grab our whole neighborhood. We live in a neighborhood with lots of big families, so taking to youth group or just, cross-country practice or the CCD, it's always full. 
And that's the way I like it. I like it nice and full and happy faces. One time, just in our neighborhood, I picked up kids for CCD. And the rule in Maryland is kids under eight have to be in a car seat. And I had nine kids in car seats. I just, it was the funniest thing to see all these kids strapped in my van just to go to CCD. So we love a big van. We love our big happy family. And uh, it's, it's nice to have that big car for, you know, events like that. Crazy. And now another practical question. How many bedrooms in the house? So we bought a foreclosure. My husband and I are living in the town we grew up in. And I, I always dreamed of living in this particular neighborhood, as did my mom. We grew up across the road. And the neighborhood we live in has houses that are all the same. They're called country clubbers. And they have two or three bedrooms upstairs and two bedrooms or a bedroom and an office downstairs. And we bought this as a foreclosure. And it has a big addition in the back that was there when we bought it. And we, so we had three bedrooms upstairs and two downstairs. And then we put an extra two and a half bedrooms upstairs. So it has seven bedrooms. And right now, all six of my children have their own room, which is unthought of. <laughs> the big brothers and sisters are like, no way. We had to share with the baby, and we had to have, you know, bunk beds. We still have two bunk beds, but we, we at one point had three, so <laughs> it's crazy. So you wrote this book with your husband, A Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More, Advice from a <laughs> Debt-Free Family of 16. How did Ave Maria Press find you, or did you find them? What inspired you to share these lessons that you've learned in your own life, <clears throat> raising such a large family? So that's an interesting question, and again, that's the Holy Spirit working in our life. Um, we had we were interviewed by the washington post we live in the washington area we live in a town called Bowie, maryland near dc and uh there was a big article about our family in august 2016 in the washington post and it was called how one family is sending 13 kids to college living debt free and retiring early and that uh went viral and it was kind of funny because we had just gotten baby number 14 who has was a foster baby at birth and we've had him four and a half years so we had literally when the article came out he was a couple he's like a week old and i was you know holding him in my arms reading this this article and my husband said whatever you do don't read the comments in the washington post <laughs> well at three in the morning when you're feeding a baby you just start scrolling and reading and the article went viral they had to shut down the comments because in about a week's time there was over 1600 comments and i would say out of all those comments maybe 20 were positive and the rest were very negative about how this family you know expect people to help them we you, you know we 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 strive on the society and the church and our friends and our family we we ask and we beg for stuff and i was like you have no idea what you're talking about the town i live in is amazing our parish is amazing our community and our family is amazing we don't beg for anything in our town everybody shares and helps each other that's just the way it is so i felt sorry for the rest of the world who didn't have that support network that we had so about a year and a half ago, my youngest was getting older and I wasn't, um, my husband and I hadn't been able to have any more children and we just kind of kept praying for direction. The big kids kept asking us to have another baby or to adopt another baby and we just kept asking the Lord for direction. So one day... I was feeling like an empty chair, even though I had kids still in the house. I just said, Lord, I need direction. I need you to, I, I want to do your will. I want to serve you. I'm not called at home as much as I was for, you know, 30 years of, of having little kids and 25 years of being pregnant and nursing, all of that. So, Lord, where is it that you want to use the gifts you've given me? 
And I went on to Messenger on Facebook and I was looking for something and I accidentally pushed a button and I still to this day not sure how I did it. But I pushed this button and it was a place where people get messages from people who aren't your friends. And so the messages are kind of hidden. And I opened it up and this, like I said, within 24 hours of asking God to give me direction, it was a message from a editor at Ave Maria Press from about a year, over a year ago at the time. So here this message has been sitting in my message box for over a year, and it said, we read the article about you from the Washington Post. We want to know if you want to write a book for Ave Maria Press. And the editor's phone number was there. So I ran to my husband. I told him, I said, what do you think? He said, you can do it. I'm not going to do it. You are more than welcome to. So I pushed the button. I called the woman. I said, hey, I'm sorry. I just saw this message. You know, I know it's been over a year. Are you still interested? And she said, yes. And within the month, she had um, gotten my husband and I to write this book together. And we started. And then that was a year ago. And then the pandemic hit. So we just were kind of a perfect timing for a book about saving money since there was such a financial crisis in our country okay so that's how that came about so they found you and you share now this wisdom with so many people now you know when it comes to finances lots of people are all into dave ramsey or his daughter rachel cruz and they they that's been the plan for lots of people you know some people are buried in debt whether it's a mortgage and a car payment and credit card debt and student loan debt and all of these things um, is that the philosophy you subscribe to, or did something else, you know, kind of come forward that, you know, you didn't identify through something like Dave Ramsey, but, but your family created your own plan? Yes, no, we definitely agree with a lot of Dave Ramsey. And I think that the hope was that more Catholics would come out with support for families and budget ideas. And I think a lot are in the making because of what we've been through. And we were really just, I would say my, the way I was raised, my husband between the way I was raised and my husband being wonderful with numbers um, from a banking family before we were married, he was in the banking, you know, worked at a bank and his father was a president of a bank and so he's very good with money. So the two of us together made a really good team. And when we were first married, I got pregnant on our honeymoon. So we always just put all the money towards what I was making, which was very minimal, into an account so that I could stay home. So our initial goal was for me to be able to be a stay-at-home mom because I wanted a big family. I'm the youngest of nine. He's just the oldest of three. But... He knew I always wanted a big family. Actually, <clears throat> one of the funny stories that we share a lot is that when he asked me to marry him, I was a little shocked. I wasn't expecting him to ask me to marry him at that time. I knew I wanted to marry him someday, but I just wasn't expecting it. And he must have noticed the shocked look on my face because he said, hey, who else is going to give you... 10 kids, a dog, and a house with a white picket fence. And, you know, this was in 1988. So, yeah, he was right. Who, who else was I going to find who'd want to have a bunch of kids with me? So I laughed and I said, sure, make it, make it 11 kids. You know, forget the dog. Make it 11 kids and, and you got a deal. And we kind of joked about that. So when we had child number 11, the town that we live in still, that we both grew up in, did a big front page article on our family, like, okay, they have their 11th child. And they were like, are you done? And we were like, are, are you kidding? We're just getting warmed up. <laughs> Little did we know that we would only give birth to another another, and be in the process of adopting number 14. So, you know, God is so good, and I was always so grateful that his plan was what I had always dreamed of, and I was grateful for a husband who did that. So here we were, pregnant on our honeymoon. We didn't have any money, but we did learn to live simply. 
And then we, because we were young and crazy, we decided to open a Catholic Christian bookstore. So we opened our own business and then, you know, starting a new business is hard and our parents probably, we look back at them now and they must have thought we were crazy, but we trusted that God was going to take care of us. And the baby and I would just, you know, run the store until my husband got off work from the bank. And then we found out that when my first daughter was six months old, that I had gotten pregnant again. So we knew God was really going to take care of us because now I had to stay home and he, my husband had to quit his job. So he ran the Christian bookstore for 10 years. And then we finally, because of things like Amazon, had to quit having the store but when we closed the store down, we barely made any money, but it was a ministry and we loved it. But what would happen was we still, even though he got a new job, we still lived like we didn't have money. Little did I know he was putting all this money away and we ended up buying this amazing foreclosure. We got it for so, so inexpensive and it was a mess, but... Thanks to our community of friends and everybody pitching in and helping us out, cleaning it up and fixing it up, it is now an, an amazing home. And we just made it livable. We didn't. We weren't really fancy with the child, so we didn't have time to, you know, fix it up or money for that matter. So we were very blessed, and we always tell the story about our pastor coming to bless the house. And the house was in such shambles. He looked at us and he said, am I supposed to do a blessing or an exorcism? <laughs> because it had was in such bad shape. And to this day, I just saw him today. You know, he'll, he remembers and he comes to our house and he's just always like, you guys did such a great job, you know, fixing it all up. And when we just would fix up one room at a time, like I said, we made it livable. Uh, and it was that house was a blessing. But I always tell people, you know, when God told us to trust in Him and to be open to life and to trust Him with our new business and to trust Him with our finances and to trust Him with our jobs, He never said, "Okay." And you know, in two thousand one, I'm going to give you this amazing foreclosure, or I'm going to someone's going to give you a car in you know two thousand fourteen or or you're going to get this great deal. He just said, trust, 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 trust. Just trust me and everything will come into play. And we've always been so blessed. We've always had all of our finances met, even though there's times when we, each month we're down to our last penny. Everything always worked out. And like I said, once we got back on our feet with a real job and my husband, you know, anybody who's owned their own business knows what I'm talking about. You know, my husband all of a sudden had better insurance. He'd have sick leave and vacation. And so he started paying off our house little by little, and I had no idea. So 12 years ago, he presented me with this piece of paper out, out front of our house. We had just had our 11th baby. And I said, what's this? And he said, you know, look at this. And I looked at it. And I didn't understand what it was. He said, I hate off our house. And I just almost fell over because who would have thought that a family of 11 with a stay-at-home mom could ever pay off a house? And I was so proud of him. I, I just remember just being in shock because I know growing up, that was such a big deal in my parents' generation. You know, nobody, it took years and years to pay off a house. And when you did, you know, you would slaughter the fatted calf and <laughs> invite all the neighbors over. So I was just in shock. And at first I was just like, wow, oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden I thought, hey, wait a minute. I've been using cloth diapers. I've been shopping sales. I've been thrifting. I've been doing garage sales all these years. And you've been paying off our house. But what a blessing that was. And so, you know, God has just, like I said, we've, we made a really good team. And then our next goal was for our kids to, to learn to pay for their own college and to learn to be debt-free. Because I think one of the biggest problems with our society is these young couples, these young people are starting off with tons of college debt. So that was another big deal about the Washington Post article about our kids and our kids paying for their everything themselves and then graduating debt-free. Wow. 
And uh, that's a lot to take in. And I bet listeners are <laughs> probably amazed just hearing everything you said. And, you know, one of the things that just caught my ear a few times, as you've mentioned, is that you and your husband live in the town that you grew up in. And so I'm wondering if you, the both of you were like high school sweethearts. How did the two of you meet or wh- how did you fall in love? <laughs> so my my kids, our kids don't date until they're 18. And so they all laugh because I was 16 when I met my husband at a party and he was 19 turning 20 so they're like i can't believe that graham my mom let you date a guy who was in college and i laugh and i tell him well first of all i was the youngest and i was the fifth daughter they were probably so happy to get rid of me they didn't care what i did but that's the joke and we uh we did meet in high school he has a sister older than me and a brother younger than me we were in high school together we called it all hung around the same people we dated for almost two years and then we broke up and then we broke up for almost two years and so that was so we had only been dating the second time for a while a a little while and that's probably why i was shocked when he asked me to marry him so you know we got engaged when i was 20 and he was 24 and uh, married when i was 21 and started our family, and so yes, it is kind of a funny high school sweetheart story. All my, fr- you know, he went to my prom with me, and so we laughed because all my friends now, uh, you know, still that I still am friends with, always say, "I remember, you know, when you were dating Rob and in high school," and they all thought, you know, it was so funny that that I was dating this guy, and we ended up getting married and having all these kids. <laughs> Wow. And uh, one of the things that you mention, or your book is called A Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More. And so I think you mentioned some of those things about spending less, but I guess the way in which you spent less was, as you mentioned, to coupon, to, you know, use cloth diapers, to, um, you know, garage sales, all these things. Those are some of the ways you spent less. Are there other, other little tips of spending less? Oh, go on and on. I always say it's really hard um, because I'm an extrovert, and I don't know if it's my temperament or because I'm an, uh, I'm an extrovert or what. But I always kind of give people some tips, and I always say, you know, remember my name, Sam, and remember to you know save, simplify, have self control, buy sales. You know, learn to sacrifice, especially for people who are Catholic. You know, we're, we're asked to sacrifice and suffer, offer it up, letting it go. So that's your S. And then I say for A, learn to ask for help. You know, that's a tricky one. I am very good at that, and I know some people would rather cut off their arm than ask for help. And, you know, that's where our pride gets in. And I always had, like, a life motto of Matthew Seven eight, where it says, "Ask and you shall receive; seek and you shall find." And and I, then again, I also say, you know, you have to be a sir. Um, the the persistent widow. We we kind of all laugh, you know. Luke eighteen, you know, kind of have to be assertive and put yourself out there. But then also appreciate, be appreciative. And I always think of you know Saint Teresa's Saint Teresa of Calcutta. You know, she had that that Marian that Marian devotion for with a memorari and she would say she was just knew god was going to hear a prayer so she would do the nine memorari's and then she would do a tenth one in thanksgiving before it was even granted she knew god was going to do it so she was already thanking him so i always tell people and my kids to be appreciative um and then you i buy in abundance so like i said at the grocery store with a grocery cart full of meat you kind of need to um Go look into where you frequent, you know, a particular grocery store, a particular store. Learn, you know, I always uh, introduce myself to, like, my mom always said, you know, become best friends with the butcher. Um, I always talk to the, you know, the meat guy or whatever. So when do you 
tur- you know, when do you put your meat on sale or when is a good time to get the discounts? When we were first married, we buy something called ends and pieces. And I don't even think that's a thing anymore. But what it was is at the end of the day, about six o'clock, the deli would sell for like, I don't know, a dollar fifty a pound, all the ends and pieces of what they sold that day so it'd be like the butt of the ham or the scraps left of the roast beef and so we would buy all that and freeze it and uh, and again so I found in my grocery store one of the grocery stores near me that you know about 7 30 in the morning they mark down 50% all the meat that's going to expire within 24 hours so it's going to expire the next day so I either if I can find it it's going to harder to, to find meat on sale during covid but if i find a lot of it at a good price i always look for you know under three dollars a pound or whatever i can under two dollars a pound depending on the cut of meat i'll buy as much as i can usually i buy all of it you learn to you know you learn each store's uh sticker you know one sticker's orange and one store and one sale sticker's yellow and one sale sticker's you know purple or whatever so you just learn to navigate the stores you shop in, like find out where they put the clearance, find out where they put the dented or whatever. And so I will buy as much of that meat. We'll cook cook what we need to cook that day and eat it throughout the week, or I just freeze it and then we use it. So that's buying in abundance. That's your A and also A for always. God always provides. And then my M is make a plan, like write down a lists and budgets things that you want if you want to go on vacation if you want to go if you like to you know get your hair done or your nails done or something you make a budget for that and then minimize which is one of the hardest things for me because I have so many kids and so much stuff is you know minimize your things and another one that my mom taught me because she was brought up in the time of the great depression was to make do the whole use it up, wear it out, make do or do without. That whole that was how I was raised. And then another M is like motivate. Motivate your kids and your husbands. You know, why are we having chicken again? Well, because we're saving money for our beach trip. Or why are we having leftovers again? Because you really want to play flag football and that costs $169. So we're going to make cuts. And then also... I know that now that we are more financially stable, being able to tithe is huge. And so my kids would be able to see that now we now we have it a you know adopt a kid through um, a, a ministry where we can send them money. So because Daddy budgets so much, now we can help this other child in another country, or now we can give money to this you know pregnancy center or to this ministry that we like. So because we're budgeting. And because we're pinching pennies, we can help others. So teaching kids, motivating them with that. Like, because we didn't go out to dinner, or because we don't go to McDonald's, now we can give money to this. And definitely during Lent, you know, we have our jars out and, um, you know, all of our different things, like not either not spending money in certain ways. We try to see, see, I'm putting this money in here, and this is going to this ministry. And then... My M is for, you know, meditate, and of course, Mother Mary, and I go to Our Lady of Dorf, not whenever we have uh, a financial problem or any problem in our family. You know, Mother Mary is always there to kind of guide me and assure me that her son's got us in the palm of his hand. Um, I just try to always teach my kids, you know, the importance of, look, look how we live. Yes, all your friends are going out for... Um, you know, pizza after the game. But to feed our family pizza, that would be, you know, this amount of money. <laughs> we don't have that right now because remember, we're going on vacation. Or um, the big one is always like, everybody else is going out for ice cream. And then we'll go to the grocery store and buy, you know, three gallons of their favorite ice cream. And we spent, you know, $6 or whatever <laughs> instead of $6 a cone. But then there's times when they, you know, living more, as our book says, there's times we do do special treats. And that is 
you know, my husband takes the kids out to dinner for their birthday or to lunch, or we go on date nights. Like those are things that we do because we save in other places. And for instance, one of the best examples, and I think of this all the time, is my second son got married, and his lovely bride, who I love and adore, has given me three wonderful grandchildren. She lived in Arizona. And so we had to figure out how to pay for plane tickets and a house and two cars because they don't, it was cheaper for us to get two cars when we were in Arizona than to get a 15 passenger van. So we had to do all this figuring out and any other person, if it wasn't for my husband being so diligent about saving money and so good about the tricks and tips about like getting a Southwest credit card and we use that for six months to help you know get points to get a couple free flights and Arizona the plane tickets were like $500 each round trip so when he pushed that button on the computer to get 14 plane tickets I thought he was going to faint but situations like that were wonderful for our family it was like the trip of a lifetime a lot of my kids had never been on planes you know, that was our Disney World trip. You know, that was our trip of a lifetime. We got to go to the Grand Canyon. We got to get an Airbnb. We, it, we The Airbnb was, had a pool and a jacuzzi because we were in Arizona in November, and it was like 70 and 80 degrees. So it was perfect, perfect time of year for us to go on a vacation. But most other families that don't have that cushion, that budget, that would have put you in a debt spiral because it was right before Christmas you know so I'm so grateful for my husband having that savings that for things like that and we've had a lot of medical emergencies in our family that if it wasn't for him having that savings that he'd been putting aside then yes we would have been in a spiral and gotten the debt because you know one thing after another car breaks down refrigerator breaks you know today we're watching my washing machine that gets overdone that's about to die. And so it's just always something. And whenever, like when I said my husband paid off our house, I thought, oh, now we can, you know, lay back and relax. And then six months later, you know, a car breaks down or something. So God is always providing, but there's always surprises. And that's why it's important to live on a budget so that you can have that cushion so that you don't get your family into debt. Wow. There are lots of lessons that you can teach so many people, and that's what you do in this book that you and your husband co-authored together, A Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More, Advice from a Debt-Free Family. And, you know, I think there's always that moment of examination in our own life, like, how much money am I spending on A, B, or C? Could I cut that out, you know, one time a week? Like if I like to eat out and I'm eating out three times a week, well, maybe eat out twice a week. And, you know, as you mentioned, during Lent, we make sacrifice. So do it twice a week and maybe give the third meal to the poor or something like that. So there are so many different lessons that people can learn as they pick up your book, A Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More. And Hopefully that will happen, that they will spend less, they will live more, they will live debt-free, they will experience that true freedom of what that means um, as your family has experienced that already. So what a wonderful uh, thing. I'm so glad that uh, you went viral on the Washington Post and your story was shared. <laughs> you know, taking it from a secular perspective now and now making it into a spiritual perspective and sharing these spiritual lessons and truths uh, with so many others. Uh, I'm sure that'll be very valuable uh, to lots of people who struggle. And, you know, to offer a Catholic perspective, you know, Rachel Cruz and uh, and Dave Ramsey come to us from a, an evangelical perspective, but here you are able to tie in our Catholic faith to all of it as well. So um, what a great resource you have offered, and thanks to Ave Maria Press who published this book. Yes, that was a huge blessing. Now, one of the things I always do to end the show is I simply talk a little bit about your own Marian devotion with a few different questions. 
I know that you've answered uh, a little bit. You talked about Mary uh, with the M and how you use that as kind of an acronym for lots of different uh, uh, things. But uh, Mary was one of them. And uh, the very first question I I always ask is, do you have a favorite title of the Blessed Mother? So it was always Our Lady of Guadalupe. And especially because she was pregnant. And I spent a lot of my life at being pregnant. So I always went to her and I always um, would have have wonderful, wonderful um, pictures. And I have this wonderful statue of her. And so she has always been my go-to. And then about five years ago, I learned about Our Lady Endure of Knots. And I have gone to her for so many different things to intercede for and what i have found with our lady Endure of knots is i go to her with one intention specifically and then what happens is she takes care of the other four intentions that i didn't even know i had like a good mother like a good mother she foresees other things that i need like i might be asking for one thing but not only does she intercede for me with that thing but she also takes care of other unknowns and i have uh, uh, so many stories of how she has taken care of knots in my life, situations that are uncomfortable or situations where I'm in need. And so I have, um, I know Our Lady can't be jealous of herself. So I, I love that she comes to every person in different seasons of their life and different cultures and different time periods. She is a forever mother to everybody, to the young and to the old. And that's why it's such a blessing that our church has given us so many different uh, images of her, so many different messages that always point to, to Jesus. So so that's my uh, my love right now is Our Lady Endure of Knots. Not only does Mary have many different titles, but of course there are many different sacramentals. Is there a favorite sacramental related to the Blessed Mother? Maybe one that was gifted to you, one that you carry with you, one that means so much to you? So my husband gave me a miraculous metal ring. And again, that was Our Lady because at a time I had a very very good priest friend who had told me that whenever I needed a miracle, (laughs) that that's what the miraculous metal was for. And he, he would say, you know, we have... Through the church, we have these wonderful prayers that we can say over and over again. You know, Jesus, I trust in you, or thy will be done. And he really told me to keep saying, O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. And when I was struggling with uh, a particular child or particular with my husband or with something else that was bothering me i would just keep saying that over and over again and again like a good mother she always took care of it so that would just be it's i think it's important for us catholics to have these go-to things that just kind of repeat themselves in our head to keep us on the path and to keep keep us in that constant uh prayer with god you know god takes these as prayers i had told um one of my mentors when i was a young mom i said i feel so bad because i was taught that every time you say a hail mary it's like giving our lady a rose i said i feel so bad because my hail marys are usually when i'm falling asleep or i'm tired or i'm watching the kids and i'm trying to say a hail mary but i I feel like i'm giving her a bunch of dead roses (laughs) and she said sam you just like you are a good mother our lady is a good mother when do you ever say no when your two-year-old comes and gives you a dandelion? Do you ever say no when your when your child gives you a crumpled up, you know, picture that they drew? They, our lady is the best mother, and so she takes whatever you give her, however you say your your hair, Mary. She takes them, and they're all roses to her. They're all flowers in her garden. So that helped me as a young struggling mom who was always tired. <laughs> and just trying to you know make do and trying to you know take care of all these little kids and so that helped me so much to remember that our lady was would take whatever i could give her and it didn't matter how you know how sloppy i thought i was being 
Yeah, I love that image, that beautiful image of kind of um, the the fact that, you know, we give what we can. And so, you know, that dandelion image or how a mother receives that, and that's how Mary looks at us sometimes. And that's a that's a beautiful sentiment uh, to leave to leave us with. Now, um, there are lots of different uh, Marian prayers. Is there a Marian prayer that you have recourse to in a time of need? Maybe it's that prayer you mentioned, O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. Yes, that's probably a very important one in emergencies. Of course, I love Mary's fiat, you know, the Magnificat. And to be honest with you, when I I delivered... uh, 12 babies and during those uh i never i only one i had a c-section and the other ones were all natural and when when i would be i don't have easy deliveries or easy labors so i would pray or scream or cry <laughs> the memorari you know i, fl- I fled fled to your protection uh, you know our lady i beg for her intercession so that was one of the few things i could actually get out of my mouth because i couldn't remember things what i would tell people you know I'm, I'm going to be in labor soon so please give me all your intentions and my husband would write them down because i would be in such pain i couldn't even remember my name half the time so my husband would between contractions he would call out like remember you're praying for so-and-so's daughter or remember you're praying for this i had one uh child i was delivering with a midwife um my 11th child and he was 11 pounds and it was a very hard labor and here you know with a midwife so it was natural and i'm screen at the time i had a teenager who was driving me crazy and i kept screaming his name (laughs) and the midwife finally said is this the name you're calling your child and my husband looked at her he said no this is the child who's driving her crazy so i would just remember to offer up all that pain for that child so i would always call use i would always be able to say the memory so that has always been um in great pain the one i would go to (laughs) sure when it comes to the rosary, I'm sure you've prayed the rosary uh, a lot with your family, teaching the kids the rosary. Uh, is there a tip that you could offer to help people pray the rosary better? With your kids, I'd say make it as you know easy as possible. Um, we went through, we've gone through different stages in our life. Now the kids are a little bit older. It's nice that they lead the rosary. Um, the kids would all fight over, you know, I get the fifth decade, I get the third decade. And then during certain seasons like spring when there's a lot of sports, we utilize um, right after dinner, we'll say the rosary. Um, I have one particular child who eats faster than everybody else, so she will start the rosary. And uh, in our crazy life right now, we utilize like, okay, we're all sitting in one spot right now. So after dinner seems to be the better one you know there's times when um sometimes we would put the little ones to bed and then we would say the rosary it was just to you know not have huge expectations we've used you know we've used pictures we've used books we've used candles so i would just tell people you know don't don't give up keep trying and uh, find a spot a time of day that's best uh, we, uh, we're, I'm a big one for saying the rosary in the car, <laughs> um, you know, on the way to mass, on the way back from mass, uh, waiting for at soccer games, waiting for you know soccer practice. So don't give up. Um, your life will get, you know, for moms out there, you know, your life will get different, and you'll learn to do it. I, when the kids were little, I used to say it by myself when they were cooking a bath, and just sit there and say the rosary or say the rosary when I was nursing them or whatever. Like I said, our lady takes whatever we can give her. Just don't underestimate the power of a real mother. Beautiful. Um, how about a favorite Marian scripture passage? Any of them where Mary speaks or the story of Mary in the Gospels? Any of them uh, speak to you or one that you have recourse to? Yeah, I would love fiat. Fiat is my go-to word to you know my soul proclaims the greatness of the lord uh my son and i we we gave up tv for lent and um 
I wanted them. We always watch the passion. We always watch the end of Jesus of Nazareth during Holy Week. But I thought, you know what? We we haven't. Let's watch the Jesus of Nazareth from the beginning. So we started watching it yesterday, and um, you know, he. It, it's nice for them to kind of see it all and all at once because it's so long. But I love 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 when. Mary goes to Elizabeth and she says, you know, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. And every time I watch Jesus of Nazareth, I pick up something else. And I loved it because um, the Mary and the Elizabeth scene from Jesus of Nazareth is beautiful. And Mary just looks so holy and so pure. And when she says that, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, all the women in the court all drop to their knees. I had never noticed that before, and it just it just hit me so well. Like, like these women could hear truth. Like that was such a confusing thing to everybody. Um, I think they portray it very well in Jesus of Nazareth. You know, the the, the rabbis confused, Mary's mother's confused, Anna's confused. She says she believes her, but this whole thing you can see them processing it. Poor Joseph. You know, he's like, what am I going to do? Even Mary. She's like, they're all processing it. And I think the actors portray that very well in Jesus of Nazareth. You know, here she's been told that she's going to be the mother of God, you know. And, and but I just, I like I said, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. When she says that, uh, it's just, it just hits me. Like, I hope, Lord, I, that my soul can, can proclaim the greatness of you, Lord, in everything I do, in my parenting, in my marriage, you know. It's so hard right now with uh, all the masks on, but I always try to remember to smile. <laughs> There's such the ministry of the smile. It's so important. There are lots of different apparitions of the Blessed Mother, and you mentioned Our Lady of Guadalupe earlier, and so I'm wondering if that might be your favorite Marian apparition, or maybe there's another one that has touched your heart too. You know, it's just like you, like I said, Mary can't be jealous of herself, but I would say that yes, my favorite apparition. And then there are lots of different shrines to Mary beside apparition sites uh, to devotional titles of Mary. Is there a Marian shrine you visited that left an impression on you or one that you hope to visit one day? I would say I definitely hope to go to Guadalupe. And is there a Marian book that you would recommend to, to listeners? Oh, different seasons. You know, I'm, I'm an old mom now. But I would say when I when I was 16, someone gave me the Pieta prayer book, the little blue prayer book that sure. old timers sure. old timers who are listening probably remember. And that at age 16, that prayer book just was the one of the foundations of my growing faith and my beginning. As a young mom, um, someone gave me the Read of God by Carol Hoslander. I think sure. that's how she says her name. And so that helped me in my early stages as a mom god has a wonderful i think a wonderful um surprise for me <laughs> because my number 11th baby was born on august 15th the feast of the assumption and my number 12 baby was born on september feast the feast of our lady of sorrows so we always tease i have nine sons and they're always like which one's going to be the priest <laughs> and i was like i I want you to be holy. I would love it if you were going to be a priest, but the answer when I say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't want you to say, I want to be a policeman. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a doctor. I want to be, you know, I want to be a priest. I, I want you to say, I want to be holy. So who knows what I have in store. My four youngest are boys and they're quite a handful. So God will have a sense of humor. I would say recently, um, The 33 Days of Morning Glory is a wonderful book. Um, you know, the, that whole series is amazing. But that helped me fall back in love with Mary and, and getting the consecration. That was a really big part of my spiritual life. And lastly, when you go to Mass on a Marian feast day, like Our Lady of Sorrows or the Assumption of Mary, do you hope to hear a, a specific Marian song? Well, of course, everybody loves the Ave Maria, but my favorite, and I think it's because of the wonderful 
choir and folk group at our church is Hail Mary, Gentle Woman. <laughs> I love that. I love that song. Sure. Well, that is your Marian profile. And so uh, a wonderful conversation that we've had today about your life as a mom, as a family of 16, what that looks like, what that entails, and the lessons about saving and spending and living more that you've been able to impart. People can get your book from Ave Maria Press or wherever they get their Catholic books, A Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More, Advice from a Debt-Free Family of 16. And if people want to learn more about you, do you have a website or social media presence or anything like that? So you can find um, me on Facebook under Sam Lancaster Fatsinger. You can find me on Instagram under Sam JMJ. You can have, we're trying to start a website for the book. It's called fatsfam.com. My husband has an old blog. Um, we have an old blog that both of us used to do before we got our first foster baby. So it hasn't been updated too much, but there's lots of good stuff there. He's under sardonic Catholic dad. And I'm under, um, I will be done baby steps with blogspot. And, um, like I said, people can message me on Facebook or Instagram. And then my husband is on Twitter. So it's Rob Fatsinger or it's under the book title. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big Twitter fan. I just followed you on Instagram <laughs> as you were talking as well. So, um, yeah, give you a follow and learn from your content and, Get those little nuggets uh, from the book as well that you'll be posting over there. So thanks so much for a wonderful conversation today. Uh, may God bless you, your family, and everybody who listens today. Thank you so much. God bless. You've been listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast and want to support the podcast, I'd encourage you to do so by becoming a member at Patreon. By supporting this podcast on Patreon, you will help to pay for the monthly fees associated with the podcast and the a possibility of upgrading equipment and also putting money into advertising and promotion. If you like this podcast, I'd encourage you to share it with your family and friends. And please like it and review it on Apple Podcasts. Post about this podcast on your social media. And when you're on your social media, you can follow me, Father Edward Looney, at the handle at FR Edward Looney on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I can't wait to share another episode of How They Love Mary with you next time, so be sure to tune in then. Until then, let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.